Hello and welcome to the Irish Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Halton. I'm an entrepreneur, investor, and financial independence enthusiast, sharing my financial freedom journey. Stay tuned and welcome aboard. So, yeah, I guess today I, I want to talk about the difference between uh, the economy now in Ireland and the recession. And even if you're listening from outside of Ireland, this would very much still apply. Uh, I think most countries experience some sort of downturn in the sort of 2008 to sort of 2013 region. And Ireland obviously had, I guess, more of a, a shock because, you know, things were so different in Ireland, uh, particularly when I first moved here in 2011. What I'm hoping that you get from this is that maybe there isn't such a big difference and a lot of what we think is different is really just a perception. I'm going to start with some headlines and what I want you to do when you listen to these headlines is try and work out maybe what year these headlines came out. Okay, so the first one is employment blow for Midlands as Borna Mona announces 230 job losses. The next one here, up to 250 people are to lose their jobs after On Post announced the closure of the Cork Letter Sorting Centre. And the last one here. Recent job losses reflect difficult outlook for Irish journalism. Grim backdrop for employment prospects as three newspaper groups make editorial cuts. So, yeah, it sounds like maybe that they, those headlines were from uh, the Deep and Dark Recession. But believe it or not, they were articles that came out in the last month that I just followed up when I did a quick Google search. Right, so it's still very much this kind of negative undertone that I think during the recession, those sort of headlines would have been all over the news, whereas today they're kind of hidden in the back pages a little bit and, you know, there's sort of all this good gloss happening in the economy. But the point I'm trying to make is job losses are still happening. And, like, even following up from that, that particular article for the Cork Mailing Centre shutting down, you know, a guy got on the radio that worked there and he was like, I've got no plan B. Um, this is kind of saying something that Robert Kiyosaki uh, talks about in Rich Dad Poor Dad, where he says that the average American is three paychecks away from bankruptcy. So, you know, I guess what I want you to be thinking about is what would happen if you didn't have that main source of income coming in from your, from your wages? Would you have any other income coming in? Or would it be a case where, you know, in the case of six weeks, you might find that uh, you're immediately in panic mode? So yeah, I guess I've covered off some of those headlines. I'm, I'm trying to kind of give a, an undertone, I guess, for what I'm, trying to, what I'm starting to see, and I'm sure you're seeing it as well. And I guess, like, even if we look at the recession versus the boom, uh, when it comes to like buying shares and buying a house, you're far better off to buy that during the recession. Yet, it's almost the opposite. People now, like, we were looking at houses recently, and you go into a, to an open house, and it's crazy, there's buyers everywhere. During the recession, when we bought our house, our real estate agent sat in his car and he was shocked when we came out and said, oh yeah, we'll take that one, thanks. So in many ways, it's like you want to be doing things at the opposite. You're, you're best to be buying a house during the recession. You're best to be buying shares during the recession. Yet we find ourselves buying shares when, now during the good times when the uh, share market's high or suddenly people are looking to get on the property ladder now when the prices are high. So it's very much having that kind of attitude of, right, let's be patient and wait for the bad times because we know that they eventually will come. And I guess one of the things I want you to be thinking about is what's fundamentally changed for you. Yes, a lot of external factors have changed, right? But there's still a whole lot of risk in the economy. But when you actually stop and look at your own personal finances, what's changed since a recession? 
So yeah, maybe you've got a better job or a slightly higher paying job, or maybe you know both you know both husband and wife are now working rather than just one working. But if that's the case, you're now just shelling out a whole lot more money in childcare potentially. So maybe you're not that much better off. Most sectors haven't seen a significant pay rise. The public sector hasn't had a pay rise since 2008, really. Are the the tax cuts any better than they were five or so years ago? Marginally, barely covering inflation. And that's the other thing. Prices are clearly more expensive now than they were a few years ago. Are you in less debt than, than you were? Or maybe you're actually in more debt, right? Because part of the thing of a good economy is that debt's a lot easier to get, right? So maybe you're actually in more financial debt than you were during the recession. Is your mortgage any lower? Maybe marginally. Yes, interest rates have been going down, but the banks have hardly been quick to pass that on. So there's probably very little significant difference in that. Slightly, slightly down from the recession. In some countries, it's much higher um, than it was during the recession. So it really depends on where you're living. But at least in the Irish context, I think during the recession, we saw on petrol, we saw €1.78. It's now buying about €1.45. So it's 30 cents in the difference. But even so, it's been cheaper, right? So in the last couple of years, it's actually a, a lot higher than it was. Fundamentally, nothing's changed, right? For me, I don't really notice a difference. If anything, I find it harder these days because prices are more expensive and it's just harder to kind of go places and do things because things are busier. But fundamentally, nothing has necessarily changed. And I guess the best example of this, and I was thrilled that this happened before I recorded this episode, is we were outside Mr. Price the other day. And we always go to Mr. Price when we need to get balloons for the birthday occasions, right? I was sitting with with the kids in the car and a guy came out and he had a massive number two balloon and a massive Dory balloon. And then he must have had 30 other balloons attached to these balloons, right? I mean, it was sky high, right? It was crazy. I actually thought he was going to take off with all the helium. I mean, it was madness, right? It was for a two-year-old. And I, I kind of saw it and I saw him came out. And I, I, immediately saw, I immediately said to my kids, oh, guys, just turn around and have a look at this guy. And um, because I immediately thought to myself, how is he going to fit this in the car? And I thought back to what would have happened at, in the recession. And I thought, if this was the recession, he'd be coming out with a number two balloon. Because his attitude would be, well, it's for a two-year-old and she's not really going to know any different, right? And it's still the thought that counts. So that's, that's probably the recession attitude. And I think now that the good times attitude is, ah, sure, look, she's only two once. You know, let's, let's make it a, a birthday she's never going to forget. But of course, what he's actually done is he's bought himself a headache. Because now he's sitting there and he's, he's got a really nice Audi and he's opened the balloon, he's, he's opened the boot and he's put the seats down and he's stuffing these balloons in the, in the back of the car. And all you can hear is pop, 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 as the balloons are popping away. And I mean, I, I really wanted to get out and yeah, I'm, I'm the sort of person where I see something like that. I just want to help them and, and come up with some sort of practical solution. But I was sitting there scratching my head. I just had no idea what he could possibly do. All I could think to suggest was, mate, you might have to walk home. After two or three minutes, he actually pulled the balloons out of, out of the boot. He just got them out altogether. And he just walked back into the shop. And that's where I kind of left him. And I don't think he knew what he was going to do. But the point here is very much a case where there's a complete contrast between his behavior during now and during what he would have done, I think, in the recession. I'd never see something like that during the recession. And so it's about this thought pattern again. Is is his happiness increased because he's buying more balloons? No. If anything, he's worse off. I was at a party on the weekend and, I mean, there was probably 20 people there. And the couple had bought at least 10 cakes, like 10 individual cakes that were scattered all around the place. And come the end of the night, they couldn't get rid of these things, right? They were basically trying to give everybody a cake as they left because they realized that they overbought. 
And I just don't think the, the enjoyment of the party was increased or decreased because of the cakes, right? It's just the people and having the conversation. Uh, yet it was almost like this, oh, we better have some cakes just in case. And so in many cases, I'm just seeing common sense just go completely out the window, right? I'm seeing it all the time now, uh, almost on a daily basis. And you know, I, I want you to start seeing this as well for yourself. So maybe it's not just me who's seeing these things because um, you know, the, the craziness, I guess, is back. I used to hear a lot of stories of people tell me what it was like during the Celtic Tiger. I moved here after the Celtic Tiger. But I'm starting to get a glimpse of it now because there is a sense of craziness in the air. What's the conclusion of all of this? Well, I just don't want you to fall for the trap and fall for this peer pressure because that's what I kind of feel like it is. I, I very much feel like it's a case where we're kind of obligated to keep up with this craziness. It's right, well, that friend's doing it, so we should be doing it, right? It's, it's very much like the Cranberry song or the album of everybody else is doing it, so why can't we? And I guess I'm trying to challenge you to say, right, don't worry about it. Don't fall for that peer pressure. Keep the end in mind here, the bigger goal in mind. You know, our family is on a day-to-day basis struggling during the good times because we very much have this notion of if we can struggle during the good times, then when the market changes and maybe things aren't so good, we're going to at least be prepared for it. But I'm hoping that perhaps you can start thinking about how to plan for this stuff now and maybe rather than just going out and spending all the money that you're getting while the times are good actually thinking about saving and investing and putting some of that money away so that if times do get worse that you've at least got that security from that um, from that portfolio that you might have and I guess the last kind of point I'm going to make on this is why be that crazy person and I mean it happened to me in, in 2007 I was living in Brisbane and I bought a house uh, for a very high price and it was massive mortgage stress, right? And the economy turned and suddenly the work wasn't as available as it, as it had been. And the mortgage stress from it was just awful. It was an awful, awful thing. And so it was very much a case where I had this idea, and I guess I was, I was young at the time, thinking the good times were just going to keep on rolling. And so you end up committing to liabilities that were kind of boom time liabilities. And then when the economy turns, suddenly you can't pay for this. I mean, the best example is, is buying new cars on finance, right? Like, that's probably the easiest one. And, and I was fortunate enough to, to actually meet over the weekend uh, a, very, a very nice guy who actually sells, sells cars for a living. And he said to me, Mike, it's all, it's all APR now. It's all finance now. Like, nobody's paying of cash, he says. He actually said, mate, they're not even asking what the sale price is. All they're interested in is how much is this car costing me each week. And he mentioned something along the lines of, I think it's P, uh, PCP Finance, where after three years, they get a certificate where they can bring the car back. And it's basically, it's basically a guarantee that they'll buy it for, for that price. So every three years, they can just trade it in. So it's not even a case where the, the car industry is, is selling you a loan anymore. They're just selling you a weekly payment. And that's fine during the good times, you know. But again, what happens when you lose that job? And what happens when, you know, suddenly other expenses go up and maybe the economy turns and taxes go up or something like that. And paying for that is suddenly a lot harder. It's going to feel far more like a liability than it is now. And you're going to basically be in a situation where you've inherited a liability from times being good. So always keep that in mind. All right. Always be thinking about the long run because in the long run, we don't know what's going to happen. As always, if you have any questions on today's episode, drop me an email at michael at firepodcast.ie. Visit www.firepodcast.ie to sign up for free to the monthly FIRE newsletter. I look forward to catching you on the next episode.